What's happening, everybody? Welcome into the Nats Insider Podcast. This is brand new for 2022, and I'm very excited to get this thing going. We're going to be bringing you a podcast every Monday during the 2022 season, and the idea behind this podcast is to give you something that you're not seeing anywhere else. We're going to give you an exclusive interview with a Nationals player, perhaps, an alumni, perhaps, member of the front office, the coaching staff, whatever it might be, that you're not going to hear anywhere else. So I'm ready for this, and I hope you guys are as well. We're going to have a lot of fun. We're also going to play on this podcast interviews that air on our Nats Insider radio show, which is every Saturday on 106.7 The Fan. So in case you happen to miss the big interview that we have on that week's radio show, we're going to play it for you here on the podcast as well. So a couple interviews at a minimum coming at you every week here on the Nats Insider Podcast. Let's get started. And who better to start with than a guy that is new to the Nationals and also not yet, not really new at all. That's Sean Doolittle. Do a huge member of the Nationals for three and a half years, acquired in the middle of the 2017 season, and obviously played a big factor in the Nationals making their run to the 2019 World Series. In total, three and a half years, Sean Doodle with the Washington Nationals. 75 saves, a 3.03 ERA. You look at his postseason numbers with the Nationals, dating back to, I believe, that 2017 year. 12 games in the postseason, 13 and a third innings. Two earned runs allowed. Pitched to a 1.35 ERA in his Nats postseason career. Struck out 12 batters and walked just one. And if you focus specifically on 2019, here are his numbers on that magical October run that led the Nats to those World Series rings. 10 and a third innings, a 1.74 ERA. And oh, by the way, he saved game one of the World Series. Only pitcher in Nationals history with a World Series save. It's Sean Doolittle. He's back with the Nationals now, signed a one-year deal for the 2022 season. And I had a chance to sit down with Dew at spring training a week ago to talk about him rejoining the organization, his fond memories of a couple years ago, and all that he hopes to accomplish. Here now is that interview with our guy, Sean Doolittle. All right, Sean, we're up here in the press box area at Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. There were some rumblings that maybe you would be up here this year instead you've still got a uni on yeah and it's our favorite uni you're back with the washington nationals um as a you, player as a player yeah as a player yeah did you think this day would ever come that you'd be able to put on this uniform again i hoped it would but you never know like this game it's so unpredictable um i think the way my time the first go around in washington ended with you know 2020 was what it was and and my season ended early due to injury and you know, I didn't quite go out on the on the high note that I wanted to end my time there on, and um, you know, I, I was definitely hoping that at some point I could get a shot for a do-over. Um, you know, and uh, the way it came together, man, I'm 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 so happy to be back. You felt the warmth from Nats fans when you came back as a member of the Reds last year in yeah. 2021. Yeah. Take me through that experience because you didn't really, as you mentioned, you got injured at the uh, towards the end of 2020. Mm-hmm. You didn't really get to say goodbye. Yeah. And that wasn't the ideal kind of welcoming back. Uh, you didn't even get to pitch in a game, if I remember correctly, that series. But what was that experience like for you? 
It was incredible. Um, I still get emotional when I think about it. Um, you know what that meant to me and my wife and and my family. Um, I didn't know there was going to be a video tribute until I was on my way to the ballpark that day. I was on the team bus, um, and uh, even then, like I uh, didn't think I necessarily warranted that, or or I didn't think it was going to be anything like um, the production that they put on the video board. That was absolutely incredible. And then to meet Zim and Huddy at home plate with Davey. Um, it was it was really emotional and and, and um, you know I was uh, I was crying in the dugout before the game. It, I uh, it's just a reminder of how special a place this feels like it is for me and and for my wife and everything that we accomplished. You know the World Series. I I got to represent the Nats at, at the All Star Game at Nats Park and um, a part of some really really good teams and. You know, a part of uh, a part of the city and the community as well, and um, I, I feel you know I I feel incredibly lucky to have played here once, and and now to be back and to be to be able to do it again and run it back, um, I couldn't be more excited. Beyond all the on-field accomplishments that you had in your first go rounds with the Nationals organization, making an All-Star team, all the saves, the magical postseason run. You and, and Aaron, your wife, seem to connect with the city on a certain level. Why do you think that is? I don't know, but I'm very grateful that they put up with us. <laughs> I don't know. Um, you know, I think we try, we've tried to use social media to show a little bit of, you know, our off-the-field life and stuff like that, and, you know, people get to see our dogs and to see some of the, the work we do with community organizations and stuff like that. But um, yeah, I really, I really don't know. I don't deserve it. I'm very grateful that the fans have embraced us because it's made, it's made everything so special for us, um, you know, during our, our time in DC. Um, you know, we're, we're very, very lucky. Um, very, very lucky. So I don't know what I did to deserve it. I'm just trying not to mess it up. <laughs> <laughs> well, Nats fans are so fired up to have you back. And you mentioned this a little bit earlier in camp, that you're not here just to go down memory lane. Mm -hmm. You're here to pitch and to pitch effectively and to help the 2022 Washington Nationals. So take us through the process of, you know, ending last season, 2021, having this winter to focus on some things to get you to the place that you're at now. What was that process like and, and what were you specifically trying to work on to put yourself in the best position right now? Yeah, so I finished last year in Seattle um, and you know, Nats fans, they didn't miss a whole lot last year. Like, like it, was a, it was a roller coaster season for me and, and uh, but I, ended, I thought I ended throwing the ball really well. Um, my velocity came back and, and my, my run in uh, August and September was I felt really good about it. So I only took two weeks off after the season so that, um, and we drove to Arizona. Um, we road tripped it out there so that I could start working out. I wanted to carry as much of that momentum forward as I could. I didn't want to take too much time off. So, um, you know, by, by mid-October, I was back at it again and, um, you know, trying to, trying to add some strength, but really improve like the mobility. Um, you know, I, I learned, I learned, I did learn a lot last year, you know, um, Cincinnati was a very analytically driven organization and so was Seattle. So like diving into the numbers and looking at, at some things on a really micro level, 
um, I felt like I was able to use that to improve over the course of last season and then also you know really try to ingrain that stuff over the course of a whole off season so um, I feel really really good about the progress that I've made um, I feel like a rookie again like I feel hungry I feel like part of me like really is happy to be here like genuinely just like happy to be here excited to come to the field every day but there's like a an, an, the other part of me like I, I have something to prove like I uh, I have something to prove to myself um, I want uh, I want to, to prove something to Nats fans as well so um, you know I worked really hard this off season spring trainings gotten off to a good start I'm excited about where I'm at and um, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep going I'm giving it absolutely everything that I got um, you know wearing my emotions on my sleeve and putting it all out there every time I take the field so uh, I'm doing everything I can to make a most make the most of this second chance Sean doodle with me and you know you mentioned all all the drive that you have to, to prove it to yourself to prove it to other people what keeps that drive going what keeps you hungry when you have accomplished so much in your career to this point? Um, a lot of things, man. Like, uh, I mean, there's only been like, you think about it in the history of the world, like there's only been like 22,000 people to ever play Major League Baseball. Like, I'm incredibly lucky to have been able to do this at all, let alone for this will be my 11th season. I mean, and then like it almost didn't happen for me. Like, you know, like the story, everybody's sick of hearing it, but like I was drafted as a hitter and like because of injuries in the minor leagues, like that's what, that's why I ended up pitching. Right. Um, and I almost, I was really close to going back to school. Like I had started that process on that. Like, so like a little, a, a little bit, like kind of feel like I'm playing with house money, but like I also feel like my perspective, um, you know, having come so close to like none of this even happening at all. Um, you know, I, I always said that like, I wanted to do everything I could to make the most of it and, and not have any regrets when I was done. And, um, you know, I, I think up to this point I've done that. Um, but I really think like like the, the second half of last year and this off season, like I feel like a renewed energy for the game. I feel um, like a renewed passion for baseball and um, camp. I've This has been like the most fun I maybe have ever had in camp. Um, you know, part of it is because my team won the cabbage race. <laughs> like, that's been a highlight. So uh, last time my team won the cabbage race, or the team that I was on won the cabbage race, we won the World Series. So, yeah, I mean. So we're off to a good start. Yeah. Like, good vibes. Right. You know what I mean? So, like, you know, and then, like, the last reason is, like, you know, like, so few guys in this game get to, like, decide when they're done. Like normally, like the game tells you, like mm -hmm. the the phone doesn't ring it in the off season, or like, you know, like uh, you can just tell, you know, based on the, or your body starts to break down. Right. But like, um, I still have like that. I still have that energy and that drive. I think like, like I said, like the group I worked out with in the off season, like they helped me so much. Um, you know, I've put in so much work that like. I want to do this as long as I can. Well, Sean, we are so fired up to have you back. Can't wait to see you on the mound at Nationals Park. And uh, great getting to hang out with you again. Yeah, man, good to see you. Thanks, buddy. What a guy. Sean Doolittle back with the Nationals after a year away. We could not be more excited to have him back in a Nationals Uni. And as you heard from Sean, he still has a lot 
that he hopes to accomplish in a uniform. He's not done yet. He's not going down uh, some sort of tour with Nationals fans here where we're just looking into the past. Sean Doolittle still with a lot that he wants to accomplish in the future. Stay with us on our Nats Insider Podcast. We've got General Manager Mike Rizzo coming up next. First, we've got a quick break. Stay with us. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price, Priceline. Welcome back. Well, while I was down at spring training, I didn't just chat with Sean Doolittle. I also chatted with this guy, general manager, president of baseball operations, Mike Rizzo, is getting ready for the 2022 campaign. And this was pretty cool. He invited me down to his seats in the first row at Ballpark of the Palm Beaches, right next to the Nationals dugout, to chat with him about the 2022 season, all that happened in this last winter as well as he tried to put his roster together, and what he hopes for from a couple of the Nationals' young up-and-coming players. Here now that interview with Nats GM, Mike Rizzo. All right, I am in a new location for a radio interview. I've never done this before. I'm sitting with the general manager... In the front row at a spring training game, I'm here with General Manager Mike Rizzo. Riz, how you doing? Oh, everything's great. We we got a good view of the ball game. We got JoJo Gray throwing and uh, an early one nothing lead, so we're doing great. Uh, you're doing play by play now. We yeah. we could uh, we could <laughs> slide you in on the broadcast with that type of stuff. Uh, first of all, so you you like. You're a scout. You like sitting down close. When you're this close, you're literally next to the Nationals dugout here. What are you, how are you taking in a game and what are you doing with Davey right next to you, coaches, players? How are you processing all of this at once? Well, you know, spring training is a little different, obviously a different dynamic than the regular season. So uh, I like to be close to Davey's because we have conversations about, because we're constantly talking rosters and and players and evaluating players and and breaking down, you know, what we're going to try and do you know not only for this game but for the following games and then through uh, spring training and into the regular season so it's, it's constant dialogue i've got the pitching coach and the bench coaches all right here uh, instead of just taking notes and, and addressing things after the game uh you know it's it's you know immediate feedback we can we can interact and it's it's obviously spring training is a uh, a lot there's, there's a, a lot less uh, uh, pressure and uh, and time constraints on it so it's it's just a, a good way for me to uh, to communicate with Davey you know throughout the game so Jojo Gray with one out here in the second inning is getting in another inning of work let's talk about him since he's the guy we're looking at what are your expectations for Jojo this year and what have you seen thus far in spring from him I want him to take his to, to his next step in his progression you know this guy is a, a a, a frontline prospects coming into this thing. Uh, he got his feet wet last year, and we expect him to take the next step, just to be a consistent major league starter, take the ball every five days, prepare and compete uh, each and every time out, and work on his repertoire. And uh, you know his stuff is there. Now he's got to, now he's got to uh, polish himself up to be the the uh, you know the uh, prototype starting pitcher for us. His last three starts of last season, he worked deeper into ball games. He picked up a couple wins. His strikeout-to-walk ratio was a little better. 
kept the ball in the ballpark more. Even in a small sample size like that, does that show you something at the end of his first major league season? Is that Can that be built upon, I guess, through an offseason and then into the start of this year? Or do you kind of set it aside and move on? No, I think it's a, you know it's part of his progression. You know, he, uh, you know, he finished the season healthy and, mm-hmm. and throwing the ball well. And that, that was the most important thing for him. Uh, and, uh, you know, took his lumps early and, and then kind of learned from him. And, uh, you know, just the, the biggest thing for me is he took the ball every day and kept competing uh, at the major league level. And, and, uh, and uh, he gave us a chance to win a lot of games, uh, and uh, and you know I think that that's that's the goal of every starting pitcher in my mind is to, is to take the ball every five days and to give you a chance to win each time you take them out. Let's talk about another prospect that came over with JoJo in that deal with the Dodgers, and that's Kbert Ruiz, who I continue to hear just rave reviews about the the switch hitter component of it, the catcher component of it, the person component of it. How do you assess what Kbert has has brought to the Nationals organization thus far? You no, know, he's brought a maturity behind the plate, and you know that's he, you know the catcher's the general behind you know on the field. So uh, he's he's got a good grasp of of, uh, of his starting pitchers and his bullpen guys now. He's he's really good putting down fingers. He's a student of the game. He works hard. Bef- uh, you know, with his pregame preparation, and uh, and I think most importantly, the pitchers are beginning to trust him. And uh, you know, to me, that's the key component uh, of when you've got yourself an everyday catcher who, who catches. He's going to catch everybody on the on the staff. They need to, to know when he puts a finger down to trust it and just let it rip. And uh, I think he's gaining that trust. It's it's something that has to be earned, sure. uh, and it's earned by his preparation and 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 by the way he conducts and conducts himself and communicates with his with his pitchers. In your experience, how challenging is that for a young catcher, especially when there are couple veteran starters in the rotation that know how they go about things they know the opposing hitters that they're facing this is a guy that at a pretty young age needs to take in all of that information and like you said put down fingers confidently and have his pitchers trust him well that's that's the thing i mean he he uh, you know his his ideal ideal game is a pitcher throws a shutout and it doesn't matter if he goes four for four or for four uh, he's he's there he he takes he takes ownership of of the pitching staff uh, you know the you know the ERA of each pitcher, the you know the runs the runs saved and that type of thing are all about about him preparing and him putting on the right fingers and and uh, communicating with his pitchers and have so they feel comfortable enough just to take the ball and let it rip and that's the, the biggest that's the biggest progression that he will make in his career and uh, you know you, you talk about the other components you know he's a switch hitter he's got some power he rarely strikes out I think he's one of the toughest guys yep. to strike out in the league last year and that that all comes into play. But it's it's all secondary to being the, the the field general and leading the pitching staff. And uh, you know, to me, uh, he's he's worked, uh, you know, very very hard with uh, with uh, Henry Blanco uh, on, on that part of it. And he's he, I, I see him taking leaps and bounds of it. Then you know, the throwing is there, the blocking of the pitches are there. The, you know, the, the the shutting down of the running game, and and, uh, and then you got yourself a, a, a package that looks like a, a, a stalwart everyday player. Mike Rizzo, Nationals general manager, joining me on Nats Insider from down at his seat in the front row at Ballpark of the Palm Beaches as we watch a game together. 
as you pop a couple. Okay, so we got the whole, we got the sunflower seeds here, we got the water, and we got the towels because it's, it's a little, it's a little humid, and you got the shaved head up here. You gotta, yeah. gotta make sure you're dry and you know under control with all that. Yeah. So you know this is kind of the the setup here, and again, again sitting next sitting next to the dugout, I could you know tell the bat boy to go get me <laughs> a, a, a towel or some water and that type of thing. So, uh, but you know it's all it's all part of the process. I, you know you, you you're here you know every day for you know four three four hours every day every day it's uh, it's it's the best office in the, in, the, in the world and uh, not a not a there's not a place I'd rather be than sitting right here now from your office you know this off season you made a big signing you signed Nelson Cruz to a one-year contract with an option for next year and you know it, it screams perfect fit to me in terms of him and Juan being close I heard that Juan was recruiting him through the whole process provide some protection for him what in your search kind of brought you to Nelson and were you confident that you would be able to bring him here or how did the the negotiation process play out well, I think that is uh, you know the, the the most pleasing part of the negotiation is is that he chose to come here he had, he had several op- several options and and wanted to come here I think that uh, you know an important part of it was I I, I went to uh, I went to Juan with the with when I was thinking about bringing him over here and asked him how he would how he thought he would fit here he loved the idea I said well help me mm-hmm. and uh, I wanted I wanted Juan to have a little skin in the game and yeah. and uh, and have uh, and, and and from what Nelly told me after we signed him it, that was a big part of, of him wanting to come over here. Uh, you know Nelson is is uh, you know a, 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 you know a, a teammate extraordinary. You know what I mean? Every place he goes, he, he leaves he leaves a a good taste in the team's mouth and uh, and uh, we not only have you know you know five six Latin players that are very very important to us, but all the players can can benefit from uh, from Nelson Cruz's uh, uh, wisdom uh, and professionalism, uh, the way he prepares, uh, the the way he the way he uh, 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 takes his at bats each and every time, and, and the way that uh, guys can uh, you know be a, be a major leaguer. And I, I think that's uh, that is something that is highly highly cherished by me and uh, I think is is kind of overlooked by uh, by some other people mm. you mentioned Juan having some skin in the game and, and pl- bringing him in on those negotiations <laughs> how does that play out as you see a guy who's one of the top talents in the league who has voiced his allegiances to this organization how much he loves it here and wanting to loop him in on those types of things um, I, that's not something that's done with every with every player obviously they don't typically have GMs calling them saying hey help me out on this guy but uh, what's your mindset on that on, on wanting Juan to feel like he's involved in that stuff well he's involved he's he, he's the face of the franchise he's the leader of the leader of this team it's his team and uh, and uh, you know when uh, when we're I've, I've, since since I've been doing this stuff, I've I've always asked veteran players for their opinion on a player I'm going to bring in mm. because I want players that that are good are, are have the reputation to be good in the clubhouse and that are going to fit specifically for our team. So mm. I've done this in the past, uh, you know, with with veteran players like 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 Z- Z- Zim and Max and, and and that type of those type of guys who uh, who have always. Uh, who have always given me their their feedback on on players that I was thinking of. I, I think it's important. I think it gives them in, they're invested in in the in the move. And oftentimes that uh, I'll I'll go to a player and and they they'll say something that will will lead Dissuade me to not sign up. Yeah. 
players know players, and player, you know, players will, will tell you straight up how they feel. Um, you know, we're, we're towards the, the latter-ish stages of camp. I guess we're kind of midway through camp, actually, because we, we started so late. But what what is it like as you, I walked past Davey's office this, this morning, and you and him were in there kind of assessing the roster and trying to figure things out, piece it all together. How fun is this for you now as you get to things are coming together and you get to see how the roster is going to play out for opening day. It's, it's always an exciting, it's always an exciting time. And, uh, you know, a, a lot of things go into, in, into the, uh, the, the team that breaks camp and goes north. Uh, it, it's, uh, it's, it's just a date, you know what I mean? Opening day is just a date, but it, it's, it's, it, it's an important date. It carries a lot of weight and, uh, and, uh, you know, Davey and I are here. We're going to bring the best 26 players or, or whatever the number is. 28, 28 maybe? Yeah, 28, yeah. but uh, the, the best 26 players we're going to, we're going to bring north. Uh, and, uh, and you know, we, we want to, to to bring the players that give us the best chance to win games, and that, that's what we're all about. So we're, 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 we're making these assessments and, and, and doing these things on, on, a, on a daily basis. And, uh, and uh, like I said, the communication, the feedback is important. We, 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 access, we access all the coaches. Major league coaches, the minor league coaches, who've had their arms around these guys, and we're, we're making decisions based on what's what's best for the, the team and, and, and um, that's going to help us win the most games. Here with Nats general manager Mike Rizzo and Mike, I'll let you get back to the game on this. These last week, week and a half, two weeks, what's the biggest thing you are hoping this group accomplishes? What are you watching for as we wrap up spring and get ready to break north? Just ramp up, get ready to get ready for opening day. It's the only day that counts is when they when they when the stats count and the games the games count in the standings. Uh, I'd I'd rather see four loud line drive outs than than four blue pits mm. and broken bats. I want them to get their timing, get their get their at bats, get their. Uh, uh, get their innings in, and uh, and where we can uh, where, where we can do. Um where we As A. Ray Adrianza drops one into left. Where, you know, just get their at-bats where they're ramping up, and, and as opening day comes, they're kind of hitting at, 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 on all cylinders. Riz, I'll let you get back to your sunflower seeds, your ball game, your chat with Davey, and uh, enjoy the final couple weeks of spring, and we can't wait for opening day. Always a pleasure. My thanks, as always, to Mike Rizzo for taking some time with me. Stay with us here on the Nats Insider Podcast. We'll be right back. Welcome back. So we got Doolittle. We got Rizzo. How about we get Davey into the mix, too? We got the guy with a save, the only save in a World Series game in Nationals history, the GM who put that World Series roster together, and now the manager who led that team to a World Series title a few years ago. Davey Martinez getting ready for another season in the Nationals dugout as their skipper. And I went into his office down at Ballpark of the Palm Beaches. Last year I chatted with Davey in the dugout about what the dugout means to him and the special moments that he's had in dugouts all across the country over the course of his lengthy baseball career. This time we went into Davey's office and talked about the significance of that room the conversations that he has in there with players, with coaches, and the type of atmosphere that he wants to create in his office and the open-door policy that he has with his team. So let's hear that interview now, myself with Nationals manager, Davey Martinez. All right, last year we talked with Davey Martinez in the Nationals dugout, and we talked about all your years in the dugout. Now we're in the manager's office. Davey has opened up his doors, and Davey, I wanted to talk to you about this room and all that happens in this room, first of all, 
I've heard the music that gets played in here. I know the candles that get lit in here. How would you describe the atmosphere that you try to set in Davey Martinez's office? You know, on, honestly, for me, this is, uh, this is home away from home. Uh, you know, uh, we, I try to keep guys, make guys comfortable when they come in here and visit. Um, it's always usually busy <laughs> this time of year, but um, you know, this is where we, you know, we have a lot of conversations about what we want to do and how we want to do things. I have a lot of individual conversations with, with players as well. Um, but yeah, this is, uh, you know, I try not to spend a whole lot of time in here. I'm usually out and about, but when I do need to sit down and, and do a little soul searching and thinking, uh, I usually come in here and, and uh, don't stay here very long by myself because usually uh, somebody walk by and want to stop in, but it's, it's a good place to be. Now you pride yourself on being a player's manager and having a doors open type of policy and wanting guys to be able to, to come up to you and have conversations with you if they feel that they want to or need to. How did that managerial style develop for you? And were there any managers that when you played, you thought to yourself, I, I like the way that that guy does that. I want to kind of maybe model myself off of that if I become a skipper one day. Yeah, there was, excuse me, there was a, a few, you know, um, you know, uh, you know, uh, Bobby Cox, you know, Dusty, hmm. you know, Baker, uh, Fregosi, you know, he never, those guys always, you know, you don't want you to stop by and talk. And, uh, you know, for me, it was uh, playing for those guys. It was kind of nice to sit around and be able to come in, you know, manager's office and just chat, you know, about whatever. So uh, I've always thought, you know, when I started coaching that, you know, if I ever got a chance to manage that, I was, I was going to be that guy, man, because this game is tough, mm -hmm. as we all know, you know, and every day is a different day. So, uh, you know, if they need to come in and talk and chat about whatever it needs to be, uh, I'm here for them. And that's, that's what I want them to know. And we've talked about how, as a manager, you're also part-time therapist in a lot of ways, <laughs> Uh, especially with, with today's baseball player and all that they have on their minds, you're sometimes a resource for them and you need to be able to talk through things with them. How do you feel about that component of the job and how maybe has that evolved over the years in baseball? Yeah, you know, it's not, it's not always about baseball. You know, um, as you know, you know, this game has evolved. There's a lot of analytics involved. You know, I don't think, you know, as we all know, you can't measure... Uh, what a, what a human mind thinks about and what he does, especially as a player. So, you know, I'm here for that for that aspect, you know. Of course, you know, I got all the analytics, but when it comes to people, mm. you know, I try to make myself readily available for anything and any conversation because we do have some some good conversations and, uh, and I just want to be here for them and make them clear their minds so they can go out there and perform the way we think they can perform. And for all the analytics that are beneficial for players, for you, there is no analytic that can measure what somebody has on their mind on a given day that might affect them on the field, but could definitely affect just the way that they operate as a human being, the way that they're going about their business with people around them and, and in their own individual days. And, th and that's something that plays into that as well. Absolutely. I mean, you, you think about it, you know, everybody has a family, you know, and, and there's always something going on, whether it's family, whether it's kids. So I try to get to not, not, not only know the person, but know the family as well, and uh, and make sure that you know they're everybody's doing okay, um, and that he's like I said, he's ready to perform that day. Now, a major league manager's office can be the site of some emotional conversations too, good and <laughs> bad. And you talked about last year after the trades that were made at the deadline, how some tears were shed in your office with some of the veteran guys that had been around for a long time, and now we're moving on to to new locations. So what's that like in terms of just needing to uh, be there for guys that you build these emotional 
bonds with, these emotional relationships. Yeah, you know, the, the, re the relationships that we build never, never go away. You know, I, I'm, I'll always be close to the, uh, these guys because we build a special bond, you know. Uh, as you know, you know, we have the circle of trust. Mm -hmm. and, um, and I make sure that they understand that, you know, for nine months, you guys are my family. You know, you're part of my family. So I'll be here for you. You know, you be here for your teammates. And, uh, and they really appreciate that, and they do it. Now, sometimes we have sad tears, sometimes we have happy tears, but um, it's part of the game. And I've, you know, maybe walked by and heard you telling a player that he makes a team out of spring training in an office like this or in, you know, in the hallway. And those are, you know, moments that as a manager, you really have to revel in. Spring training can be a grueling time, and this year is obviously different than any spring training that's come before it. But I would guess that those moments as a manager are some of the most special. Absolutely, especially you know, no matter who it is. But you know, when you get a young player and, and, and you know they they make your club out of spring training, you know that's a big moment. Um, you know, and and uh, and I love telling them that you know they're on the team. Uh, we have different things, different ways to tell them, <laughs> depending on the person. Uh, but uh, but it's a lot of fun, and and I enjoy that. Now, let's talk about your office at Nationals Park in D.C. What do you? In the course of a given day, how are you structuring your time? You said you don't like to be in the office that much, but you've got a lot of things to do. You've got meetings and conversations that need to be had. So how are you using the space that is Nationals Park to operate all of the stuff before first pitch that gets you where, where you need to be? Well, it, it, honestly, it all starts uh, the night before. You know, So after a game, I have all these different thoughts and what, what on, and want to have all these different conversations. So after each every game, I'll sit down with the coaching staff and tell them, hey, these are my thoughts. Um, this is how I want to handle it. And uh, and then, you know, Tim Bogar, who's my bench coach, he does a great job in, in, in getting everything together and getting me where I need to be for the next day. So I come in and come in, you know, usually typically I'll grab a cup of coffee <laughs> and I start my day of, of uh, just, you know, if I want to talk to an individual or two, you know, grabbing those guys. And then from there, it's, it's on to like our daily routine, you know, meeting with the trainers, making sure everybody's okay for for that nice game, uh, talking to players, talking to our hitting coaches, uh, and just preparing guys for that day, for that particular day. You know, I, I, I'm I'm a guy that you know I like to be where my where my feet are at that mm. particular moment. So I try not to think too far ahead, but I, you know I want to stay in the moment, and I try to treat the players that way as well. So, uh, but yeah, it's it's a process, you know, uh, you know that we do, and um, it's worked out well. You know, we like I said, I, I rely a lot on uh, on everybody you know, here in this organization, whether it's up in the front office, whether it's the training staff, uh, the, you know, strength coaches, my coaches, um, everybody to, to make sure that, that, you know, that that particular day that the players are ready. And then after a win, maybe a little Club Martinez gets going, get those tunes <laughs> happening. I, I love the music after, after every victory. So it, it's a lot of fun when we win. So uh, hopefully we do it a bunch of times this year. Yeah, hopefully there's a lot of Club Martinez happening after Nationals <laughs> games this year. Davey, great to sit down and chat with you, and uh, just great to have baseball back again. Awesome. It's good to actually see you. I mean, it's been it's been a lot, you know, we've been a, two years of struggles. This kind of feels a little bit normal now, so I'm excited about that. My thanks to Davey Martinez. This has been an awesome first episode. We got Doodle, we got Rizzo, we got Davey. Hope you guys all enjoyed it and hope you're going to listen along with us all season long on the Nats Insider Podcast. Inside information from the dugout to the front office. Talk with some Nats alumni along the way as well. I'm really looking forward to this and hope you guys download on a weekly basis and listen along as we make our way through the 2022 season. 
Have a great one, everybody. Look forward to checking in with you again next week. This has been the Nats Insider Podcast.